in my opinion, it's like when your heart is calling you to do something, wherever you are on your timeline, that calling is to be honored. And of course, you cannot help somebody at the level that you haven't helped yourself first. But you can be at step five of your journey. And the person that is at step four needs to hear your voice. Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davy. I'm not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol. And I spend every waking moment of my life helping other people do the same. Like right now. How's it going, folks? You doing well? I'm doing well. Still in Los Angeles. It's absolutely boiling here, especially in this room. I'm so hot, but you know, things I do for this community. Eh? Um, what was I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Xavier Dagbar. What a beautiful and amazing human being. This is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Now, you may have noticed over the years a little bit of a theme that goes on. So, I really want to help people aged between 35 and 45, males, right? And the reason I want to do that is because I believe in my 44 years on this planet that I have hurt a lot of females through my ignorance, lack of understanding and knowledge and awareness and self-centeredness, right? I've hurt them. One that ended up in a divorce, one that could have easily have ended up in another divorce, right? I want to spread as far and wide as I can the painful lessons that I've experienced so other men can learn from my mistakes, get the coaching, gain the experience and build the skills to be the powerful human being they were always meant to be, right? And if they do that, if I can reach enough guys and they want to do that, then the women in their lives are going to be like, what the fuck? Where did this sexy motherfucker human animal come from? Human animal? What the fuck? Right? That is how I'm going to help the women in the world, by helping the men. Right? So with Xavier, why did I get Xavier on? As a man myself, age 45, who fits into that bracket of the people I'm trying to change, all too often... When I get into a conflict situation with Liza, I slip into this victim archetype. I'm a victim. It's all her fault. It's like, why isn't she doing this? Why does she think like this? Why does she do this? Why is she always picking on me? It's a victim archetype and it is toxic. It is unsexy. It is abusive. It is disrespectful. And I hate it. And I need to learn how to better deal with it. And so do all you folks out there because we've all got a victim archetype out there. Some of us are better at handling it than others. But when mine gets in control of this wheel, when it starts driving the good ship Davy, all hell breaks loose. So I wanted to reach out and get a guy on who could talk about this victim archetype. And Xavier Dagbar in this episode nails it, brothers and sisters. He nails it, right? I am going to work with this guy and I expect you to work with him as well because he is amazing. Xavier Dagbar, He's a transformational coach, a speaker, and a blogger. And he says simply in his bio, I feel alive the most when I help people shed their limitations, claim their power, live a life of purpose, and tap into their full potential. Ah, this guy, I just love him so much. I've got a serious man crush on him right now. And if you want to learn more about Xavier's work, go over to www.1000daysober.com. Find his podcast page. He'll have a specific podcast page. Sign up to get his show notes and a special workbook that we'll create that will deepen your knowledge about this victim archetype. You'll find all his links over there. Follow him on Instagram. His Instagram page is amazing. It's beautiful and uh, real light bulbs flashing all over the place and work with this guy. Invest in yourself so you can be a better version of yourself, right? And also, if you want to chat with me about how to get on the 1000 Days Sober Experience, go to that same website, book yourself a 30-minute discovery call, and uh, we'll sit down and see if we're a good fit to work together, okay? Right, so without further ado, I'll shut the hell up, leave you in the capable hands of Xavier Dagbar. Thanks for listening as always, folks. Welcome to the 1000 Day Sober Podcast, Xavier Dagbar. Get it in there. How are you doing, my I'm, friend? I'm doing fantastic, brother. I'm really honored to be here, really honored to share with your audience and hopefully some people can get something, whatever it is out of this interaction. 
they'll get something out of a show. I was um, trolling through your Instagram. Do you know what? I was looking at your Instagram feed and I was so blown away by it. Like your beauty as a writer, the depth and the richness and the vulnerability and your your ability to use infuse stories with real teachable uh, milestone moments. It had me hooked. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to like go through his feed and I'm going to just like lay, go through each Instagram post and say, Larry, let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. Um, because it was so beautiful. So straight from the outset, straight from the outset, folks, press pause, go and find Xavier Dagbar and follow him on Instagram right now. Stop it. Go and do it right now. Okay. Cause you'll forget at the end of the show. Cause it's a beautiful <laughs> feed. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. And yeah, it's just like with every post I'm trying to just transmit something, you know, whatever it is before sitting down to write a post, I try to set an intention, you know, what I want to transmit here. And if hopefully touches one person, that's all I'm in here for. What I loved about it, and it taught me a lesson, is you can tell that you're putting 100% passion time, commitment, thought behind each and every post to provide the maximum amount of value for people, not rushing. Oh, I have to do an Instagram post today. It didn't feel like that at all. It felt like complete love. Yeah. And you know, it's like there is that sense of community. There are people that have been following my journey, you know, from day one, literally on that. So I built a little bit of friendship with them. So every time I come up, I'm like, you know, those are my friends. I don't want to feed them garbage, you know? So yeah. I like, I, I really do my best to get in state and to really be as authentic as I can with them because the times we are living right now, I truly believe that authenticity, owning your truth is the currency of the, of this new uh, paradigm that we are diving in. You know, I truly believe that it's the new currency. And people are so sensitive and so able to see through fake right now that yeah. if you don't come up as authentic and genuine, they're going to read you right away. Yeah. I like, I like to be authentically fake. <laughs> That's what I've been trying. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> um, I, got a, I got a question for you straight out of the deck of cards. And we'll, we'll start with this and then it will lead into what I want to talk to you about, which is uh, victim mindset. Um, describe yeah. your expectations of how your life will develop around love, career, and health. How my life will develop. The first thing that comes in mind right now is fatherhood, you know, because I have two kids, two under two, and, you know, it is the most fresh challenge in my life at the moment to lean into that space, to grow as a father, and especially to grow, to become a model of fatherhood that I didn't have myself for my kids. So the first thing is really becoming an empowering father and at the same time, emotionally available for my kids, because I know that as dads, this is usually, we, we just focus on providing, but we withdraw ourselves emotionally. So my first intention is to be as emotionally available as I can for them. Not only for them, but also for my wife, you know, because it is just like it is a shared responsibility. And I want to be as much a stand for the kids as I want to be for her. And it means leaning into the triggers because she is right now the person that triggers me the most in the world. She's one of my biggest, bigger, uh, big teachers at the moment. So definitely. Um, increasing my capacity, my emotional capacity there for them. Career is like increasing even more the container, my capacity to impact people. And I know that I can only do that as, you know, at the level that I reach deeper into my power, deeper into my voice, deeper into my truth and share from that place. So when we talk about impact, it's really the first message for the community that I have already right now. That's the first thing. I want to lead even more people towards their hearts, but especially men, because we are the gender, in my opinion, that is struggling the most at the moment. You know, we are the gender that is struggling the most because the, the invitation of our times is to recon have a reconciliation with our emotions. But we have been just conditioned to be separate from everything that touches emotion. So it is a new 
adaptation for men to lean into that, you know, and we, we have very few models of men that powerfully model that for us. So the work is on self first, you know, it's like, I got to get my own shit together, you know, but I also don't want to dive into the story of perfectionism. Only when I get there, I will be able to uh, help people. I'm basically at the space where, okay, guys, come on, let's walk together. So this is where I stand when it comes to career, true coaching, true empowering, true courses, true all the things, uh, things like that. It's really what I want to do. It's what my heart is leading me to do at the moment. It's interesting you say that because um, somebody in my coaching group recently said that it's better to speak your truth out of scars and not wounds and then yeah. when she said that to me, I was like, oh, I don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I talk out of my wounds. I'm, I'm like, guys, this happened to me yesterday. This is where I am with it. This is how I learned from it. I'm nowhere near going to be a scar in this for another 30 years, but we're going to deal with it right now, right? Like, and that's how I grow. I mean, what, what's your thought around the scar wound thing? There is, there, there is an archetype that is really powerful, and it's the saboteur archetype. And that archetype is just the, the archetype that needs us to have everything together before we can dive into something, that we need to have the perfect things laid out, and that eventually we need to heal before we can fully help people. And I understand where it comes from. I truly honor where it comes from. But in my opinion, it's like when your heart is calling you to do something, wherever you are on your timeline, that calling is to be honored. And of course, you cannot help somebody at the level that you haven't helped yourself first, but you can be at step five of your journey. And the person that is at step four needs to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. And that's all that person needs to actually move forward. So I truly believe that it is important to work on strengthening and like it is important to hold both. At the same time, being on the journey of healing your own wounds, it is so necessary. But at the same time, you know, powerfully sharing your journey can help this, the person that is just like one step behind you and that needed to hear, okay, it's possible to get to that next level. So I understand both. And I truly, I truly believe it's just a balance. It's yeah, like, like everything in life, um, right? I don't, yeah. I don't believe in waiting, mm. you know, in, uh, when, in my opinion, when the heart is just like giving an, an instruction, it's possible to begin to put that in motion. Now, of course, you, you're not going to become a Tony Robbins initially, like, you know, one shot. But there is somebody that needs to hear your voice if you heard a calling inside. That's a really uh, beautiful thing to say. Like my wife said to me yesterday, uh, last night, Ashley, she said, why did you say X, Y, Z on your call the other day? It was about her, you know, and I said, it just come up. Right. So like in that moment, that was what my intuition, my, my feminine energy came up and said, this is what you need to use as context in this moment as a teachable moment. And um, so yeah. you know, that just comes to me. The other thing that, that comes to me there was um, with like your, your, your community is thrive, right? Yeah. My community is strive. Okay. So people on strive, they, they're a group of people in different stages of um, stopping quitting drinking and living a kick-ass life. Yes. Now, the ones who have gone 1,000 days sober, right, or somewhere around that, around that depth, they probably feel really comfortable and confident about talking and sharing advice and stuff with people who haven't had that much time. But I'm always yeah. trying to teach people that you could be on day one or you've had multiple day ones and you've still got somebody to teach somebody who's on day zero, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. has something to share that, he, that somebody – might it might change their life and 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 it doesn't matter where you are on the status hierarchy it's not only tony robbins and preston smiles and zion kim that change your life right it's xavier dagbar it's lee davis anybody that says something that makes you go holy shit and you go down that rabbit hole and you come out a different person absolutely and i totally agree with that and i mean really the intention like when you share out of integrity when you share your story out of authenticity People are going to sense immediately when you when you are talking about a place where you haven't been yet. They will feel it, you know. But when you share out of integrity, there is a resonance that comes out. 
And the resonance comes from the ownership of the story that you're talking about. And when people sense it, they are inspired. They are in spirit right away. Mm. Because you are talking about something that happened to you and that you you either overcame, but you are standing strong on the process of overcoming. And that that testimony of like, it is possible to actually go through that. You showing that, guys, I am going through this shit right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it creates that connection that sometimes people need to be like, all right, I'm not alone here. Yeah. I am not alone dealing with this thing. Oh, this guy is doing it. Okay, it means it's also possible for me. So I feel like it is very invaluable. Absolutely it's, invaluable. Especially in things like relationships and addiction, where, you know, a lot of people get tied up in perfectionism thinking, almost like that saboteur archetype you, you, you talked about, where it's like, I'm either an addict or I'm not. My relationship is either perfect or it's not. Where the truth of things is more closely related to, my relationship is going to be brilliant sometimes. It's going to be shit sometimes. And, and, my, and my addictive thinking is going to be really loud sometimes, and it's going to be really quiet other times. So that's why I feel really comfortable of saying, hey, I had a big fight with my wife yesterday, and uh, this and that happened, and I did this and that wrong. Oh, uh, by the way, do you want to join my relationship training course tomorrow? <laughs> because like, I know that I'm in the middle of it, and I know um, my own flaws. I'm quite happy with being like uh, perfectly imperfect and that's what i'm trying to teach people is like you know we're not here to make your relationship or your addictive life like perfect we're just here to yeah. kind of like listen to you and to kind of figure shit out right you know figure shit absolutely. out absolutely i love that mm. i love that absolutely i love the fact that you focused on men and you said that men at the moment are struggling when i've had a recent check and said to myself who is it that i really want to serve in the 1000 day sober community when I look at a striver, what is it that I see? What do I see? Do you know where I went? First of all, Xavier, I went straight to women, women oh. who are being subservient to men or are giving away too much of their power in a relationship with a man, right? That's where I went. And then yeah. I thought to myself, how could I best serve them? And then I was like, shit, man, I need to help the men in those relationships. Yes. So I'm, I'm on board with you. But, but why is it that we feel compelled to help men? Why are they struggling? Let's go a little bit deeper on this and, and let's touch the victim archetype in that as well, yeah. if we can. What are you seeing well, in your work? Well, the first thing is men have been culturally desensitized. Whether you go in the West, like, you know, I was born in Africa and I was raised in Africa. I've been in Canada for seven years, but even here is the same story. Men have been culturally desensitized from their emotions. It's like we are, for the most part, that mind machine where we are just trying to use the brain. And every time something comes up, we try to suppress it. So at the same time, we are battling battling two fights. It's the fight of the ego where we are we are aware of that ego and we are working to, to basically come back to the perspective of self that is balanced. And at the same time, every time we want to balance it, it implies involving more the emotions. But because it was unsafe for the longest time as kids, I can remember for myself, I would be told all the time, you are too soft. You are too soft. You cry too much. I heard that for probably 12 years of my life until I suppressed, mm. you know? So for the most part, men have been through that thing, like boys don't cry, all those things, you know, and even you, you get bullied if you are too emotional or too sensitive on all those things. So we lost touch with one of our greatest guidance ever, which is our emotions. And this is the reason why at the moment with the feminine rising and the feminine rising, it's not about gender. No, no. The feminine rising, it's about our feminine energy inside the body as well that is rising. It's as if we have a rebel, a rebellion going inside the body where the heart is knocking at the door. Okay, bro, you got to let me out now. That's enough. You know, so we are, it's like that feminine is rising here. And usually men are suffocating that energy here we are not willing to speak our emotions and to feel our emotions to communicate how we feel and this is why men struggle and Mm -hmm. sometimes 
we need to numb it. So we use whatever we can to numb it, addiction, porn, whatever you can name to numb those emotions. That really spoke to me. Um, one thing you said that really spoke to me as well was being a provider. So when you were talking about being up here, being in your head, yeah, and, um, and that cultural story, that societal conditioning, it says, I am a provider. My job is to put a roof over our head, work really hard and to bring the money in. And then when you're doing that, all of a sudden your relationship is going a bit funky and you're thinking, what the fuck's the matter? Like she's moaning and complaining. I'm not spending enough time with her, but I'm doing everything I could do. And then you, and then this suppression that you said about the feminine energy spews out in anger and rage and uh, frustration. And, and that, that reminds me of the victim archetype. Like whenever I hear that, whenever I hear it in myself, it's like, oh yeah. my word, this guy is just going straight into being a victim because he doesn't want to deal with his shit, right? Do you want to expand yeah. upon that a little bit? Absolutely, because, you know, the victim archetypes, it's like it's, there are two sides to that coin of the victim. The first side is the repressed victim. Like there is somebody that is oppressing you. You know, sometimes it's going to be the job. Sometimes it's gonna, there is just like that self-judgment or self-pity sometimes. The job, the wife, the relationship, uh, the government. You know, there is somebody that is oppressing you and not letting you do what you want to do the way you want to do it. So we have those stories of powerlessness, like things are out of my control or why me? You know, we have those things, especially for men, for, for men that are in relationships, it's like, my job is to provide for that. My job is to provide. But now I come back home. I can't even have peace because this woman is here and she won't leave me alone. You know, she won't give me peace. Or sometimes she, she won't even say thank you for all the hard work. She won't even see the hard work that I'm doing. She only sees that I am not here. And, you know, it's like we feel oppressed. We feel kind of powerless that we are putting efforts and there is no recognition. And the other side of that coin is actually the bully. And if you remember in high school, all the bullies, like almost all of them, they were victims in their houses and they felt the need to lash out, to claim some sort of power um, in school. So usually when we become aggressive, when we become a bully, it's so that we can claim in an imbalanced way our power. You know, because we feel so powerless, we need to attack. Because we feel so powerless, we need to be aggressive. We need to be a bully some way, somehow. And this is how so many men can turn out to be abusive in their relationships. Because they don't feel, they because they feel powerless, then they turn out into bullies because it gives them a sense of taking the power back, right? So this is really what is happening for many men at the level of that victim archetype we feel powerless and then in order to kind of get power back we feel the need to be a bully and sometimes very subtle sometimes it can be passive aggressive uh we are passive aggressive sometimes it is just like silent treatment that's also another way to be a bully you know it's just like there are many forms of that Mm. yeah what come up for me then uh, xavier was like I have a four-year-old. She's going to be four in September, a little girl. So yeah. ever, ever since I knew I was going to have a daughter because I have a 19-year-old son, so, so yeah. my energy has shifted into how I think um, around gender. You know, I look at the world, and the feedback that I get from the little part of it that I look at is yeah. that men abuse women. Like yeah. men, men abuse women, men kill women. Um, I'm talking about sexual abuse, rape, all that kind of stuff. And I ask myself, why? What, what, what is it? What's going on? And um, I can never get into a conversation with anyone about it for obvious reasons. Like, hey, yeah. do you want to talk about why men, hey, man, do you want to talk about why we're killing all women in the world? Like, but what you just spoke to me there about bullying and about oppression and the victim archetype, I can see that playing out from a bullying yeah. schoolyard all the way to them, you know, really causing physical and sexual harm to people when they're older for the same reasons. Absolutely. And it all depends on the level of suppression. Mm. You know, it's like you can have been, yeah, it depends on the level of suppression of the, your feminine energy, of your emotions. 
because we there are some men that are brought up in environments where it is just weak for a man to show any emotion. And then they end up suppressing tremendously in order to belong. You know, but what happens is you see that feminine energy here, like especially it happens a lot when the woman is a very feminine, like she owns a lot of her feminine presence. And we get triggered because that energy has been disowned within us. You know, it's like your soul wants to come together just the same way your body heals. If you have a cut, you don't even need to think about it. Your body will just heal. Your emotional body is primed to heal, to come home, you know, to become whole again. But on the emotional level, we can suppress emotion. Mm. We can just like block them up. We can refuse to feel. And when we refuse to feel, the emotional body doesn't have a way to heal. So we repress the feminine. And you know, what are the reminders for healing? Triggers. So you are going to see a woman owning her femininity, owning her emotions, crying when she feels like, you know, she doesn't feel right. And for many triggers us a lot. She is crying. She is in her emotions. And we just get triggered because we have disowned that part of us. Then we get triggered because this is the way that the emotional body reminds you, okay, there is a part of you inside your body right now that is being activated, that needs to be reconciliated with you. And if you can't see that, you're going to fight back. You're going to feel like you're attacked. So triggers are huge opportunities right now for men to heal, especially around the feminine. And for men that have suppressed to a level that is extremely deep, they will feel attacked at at the level that they will have to reply with the strength that is equivalent, you know? And then we see all, this is not to justify, but it's just like to understand a little bit how this comes to happen, how those things happen. That there is a part of the podcast. The guy and the women and everybody else who edits this podcast, what he just said there in the last couple of minutes, that's the bit that we want to go and put on Instagram stories, right? Like that was gold right there. Like that, that if, if guys, if you didn't get that, listen to it a few more times, right? Like when you're facing your woman in your relationship or your man, right? Cause feminine energy isn't gender based and you're being triggered, understanding that like, and put me right. Cause you said it far more eloquently than I'm about to, that in a way there's like, like almost like a solemnity to it. It's like, Oh my God. She's caught my feminine energy. Like, I fucking want it. And you're getting really angry about it because it's missing in your life. It's like an ache. And then you deal with it because you don't know how to because of suppression by shouting out, knowing and understanding that enables you to make a change, I guess. So I I was going to ask you. So once you recognize and you understand that, how do you learn? How do you learn to be different the next time you see that feminine energy that is missing from you? How do you... How do you adapt to that? And how do you f- refill your stores of lost feminine energy? The first, the first thing to do there is like to separate the, messen- the message from the messenger. The messenger is the woman, is the person or the woman or the man that is in her feminine energy or in his feminine energy. So you understand that it's not about them. That's the first thing that you need to, to work on just doing. And how you can do that is just to breathe. And usually we forget how the breath can keep you from responding, like just reacting automatically, just like a machine gun. We want to re- we, we, we want to fight back. But just remember to breathe for a second because it gives you space for the next thing that you're going to do. And at that very moment, when you recognize that you've been triggered, it is so necessary to make it not about the person. Because it is not about them. They are just a messenger. And the message there was the emotion. The emotion is the thread that you need to follow. This is what brings you home. Mm. And how do you follow the emotion? You feel it, period. Period. There is no magic to it. So feel how you are, what is going on in your body right now. Ask yourself, what am I experiencing? You know, ask yourself, like, if it's anger, Like, allow yourself to sit in your anger just for a moment. We often feel like allowing ourselves to feel the emotion is going to kill us. No, 
I've never heard that somebody died from feeling too much shame. I've never heard of it. Mm. You know, I've never heard that this person was so in doubt or was so like, I've never heard, heard of it. Now, of course, there are some complications that can happen when we resist the emotion and when we physically have symptoms of resisting an emotion and then there is the battle within. But when you allow and you breathe, what happens is you question. You just question it. Where is this coming from? What am I feeling here? Why am I even, even feeling this way? What is being triggered in me? And then I have another process that I usually ask people to, I get people to ask themselves. We are in this world of mirrors. You know, we mirror each other. So in that moment, something was mirrored back to you. And we have several mirrors. We, just, we don't just have one mirror, you know. And usually when I work with triggers with people, I ask them to look at three mirrors. The first one is the mirror of denial. You know, what do I see in this person that I know it is present within myself, but that I have disowned? That's the mirror of denial. And when you ask yourself that question, for women, it's so obvious. For men, women, relationship is so obvious. Sometimes we have a, a shitty relationship with anger. And it can happen that your wife, she can just get angry like that. She expresses it with grace, not destructive, but she just tells you, man, I am so angry right now. But you, you suppress the anger. And then because you see her being able to just like express the anger, like, who does she think she is? She can just be angry like that, you know, just casually angry. You but see, you, you, you can see I'm laughing. Yeah, it's just like sometimes there's that mirror of denial and we see that we like, fuck, what the fuck is going on here? And you get the opportunity to have compassion and to claim again, compassion with self and to claim again that part of you that you had disowned. But you have to ask the questions. The second mirror is judgment. Ooh, I am seeing something in this person that I just judged so bad. And it triggers me when, when I see that. It is not about something in me that I have disowned, but it's just like this behavior altogether, I just judge it so bad. So when you ask yourself, is it something that I, I am disowning in myself? Then you get to become aware. The whole goal of working with triggers is to become aware. That's it. There's no magical question to become aware so that the next time that shadow that was activated doesn't run the show in the background. You know, is it something that I judge? And then the opportunity is to ask yourself, what would compassion for this person, for this behavior would look like for me? Mm. You know, the, the first mirror is, is an invitation for self-compassion and self-acceptance. The second mirror is an invitation for compassion for the other person and now there's a third mirror there is a, the mirror of envy jealousy like we see somebody we get so triggered because they walk so confident for example you know they just seem to know the next thing all the time they you know it's like they are walking on the cloud or whatever is the story for you and mm. sometimes what's happening with envy and jealousy we see something that is also possible for ourselves. It's a really powerful mirror of possibility. It's also possible for you, but you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that it's possible for you. So usually those are the three mirrors. And I just ask people, first feel, first, that's the thread. Feel what is there and then follow the feeling. Ask yourself, what it, what is going on? Where is it coming from? And then question those mirrors. Is it something that I own in myself? Is it something that I'm judging just so bad? Or is it something that I'm envying here? What is going on? And then you allow yourself to uncover a part of you that was in the shadow or a pattern that was in the shadow. And next time, and after you question that, you get to ask yourself, how would I like to show up the next time this is activated? That's it, because you are the designer of yourself at the moment. There is no right way to be you. Only you get to decide what it looks like. So how do I want to show up next time in compassion, you know, in love for myself, in self-respect, and also eventually respect for the other person? So this is how I get people to navigate that. That's beautiful. And I, and I guess you also have to have compassion with yourself. And an under Absolutely. I guess, I guess um, not thinking black and white in this, but let me just think, think this through. So expectations. So we want a high expectation that 
we want to achieve. That's why right in the beginning, I come out the gate with that question for you. What are your expectations of life, right? Yes. So in terms of what you just talked about, kind of showing up in, in the right way, understanding of those mirrors, we, we want to have high expectations that we're able to do that. But we also want to, yeah. we also want to, in the beginning, I guess, temper our expectations a little bit so we don't put ourselves off by, Absolutely. let me give you an example. So last night, me and my wife, Liza, we were checking in. Yeah. And towards the end of the check-in, she said to me, you are really triggering me right now. And I'm really angry and I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I went through those three mirrors of yours and I was kind of like, you bitch, how, what? You're shutting me off again. Story, story, yeah. story, story, anger, anger, anger. And instead of breathing, instead of thinking, I was just, I just was like, I can't believe you shut me off. And then she was like, Lee, you're triggering me right now. I'm done with this conversation. And then it kicked in. Oh, we've had this conversation before and I have to respect this moment right now. So I said, okay. Yeah. And I and went away, still angry, but I went away. Now I'm learning from you. Now the next time we sit down and have a conversation, I'm going to react with it totally differently. I might breathe this time. So this is what I'm talking about. Like a lot of men may go into this situation thinking, oh, I listened to this podcast with uh, Lee and Xavier. I'm going to fucking nail it tonight when, my, uh, when I fall out with my wife. And then they, yeah. they try it. They try to empathize. <laughs> they try to hold space. It goes wrong. And they're like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. You need compassion for yourself, right? Absolutely. And there is just the, the give yourself permission to suck at this at yes. least for 20 times. Yes. At least for 20 times until you become better at it. You know, I thought you were going to say 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know, like totally, absolutely. Because there is always a new trigger that is going to come that's going to blow you off your feet. Mm. That is just what happens, you know. And the other thing I just want to suggest to people is it is going to be messy. Triggers are not, they, like, it is the messiest thing to work with because there is so much emotions that are just activated. Oh, I want to be loving to that person. But at the same time, I am angry as shit. At the same time, I am hurt. At the same time, I don't want to be mean. At the same time, like there are so many dynamics that go in there. Mm. And it is so important to just like have like what I ask people to do is to just use the breath as an instrument of regulation. To use the breath as an instrument of consciousness. It's as if you are giving permission for the steam to go out, you know, to just let the steam out and you just breathe into it until you can go back to the salt and really reflect back. Whew, okay, this is really what was going on. And in the middle of a conversation, it might appear like, just like your wife said, I am extremely triggered right now, and this is what I need. I need space. It has nothing to do with you, but I just need space. I am extremely triggered right now, and I want us to remain respectful to you. I don't want to lash out. So please give me a moment to just like navigate this, to just like process what's going on with me at the moment. Like this is usually, especially for men that are really, really, really intense. I'm, this is what I tell them to do. Like, and as they, I tell them to do that. I also tell them, be the person to enable the reconciliation as well. Like don't lock yourself up in silence. As soon as you are able to process what was coming up for you, be the person that enables and that comes back in faith okay, this is what was going on for me. And this is what was said. This is what was said. This is what I, this is how I felt about it. And there is a lot of vulnerability in saying to a partner, this is really how I felt about it. Or to a friend or to a boss or regardless of who the person is, this is how I really felt about it. Because had you share how, how you felt, you also expose yourself to receive some negative criticism on how you felt, you know, but just like, Coming with the intention, with an intention, and usually mentioning the intention. My intention here is not to attack you. My intention here is to just honestly communicate what was coming up for me mm. so that we can find a common ground. And this works almost all the, like, usually like magic for, for, for men because they've never, ever in the past allowed themselves to explore triggers that way. Yeah, and, and 
don't get easily put off if you open up and you're vulnerable and your partner stamps all over you <laughs> because they maybe not even you do it. You know, you don't get, again, like, I think the, the key message here is, uh, is not to give up. I want to share um, a light bulb moment with you that relates to the three mirrors that, that I always find that like a personal account can help people kind of get it more. Yeah. So one thing that Liza does when we're in um, uh, a potential conflict situation or the conversation we're having is um, complicated and challenging is in the middle of the conversation, she will just close her eyes and she will just start breathing or she'll start tapping, right? Now, yeah. when that happens, I get triggered. Now yeah. I know I'm triggered because I wish I could do that. I wish I was yeah. brave enough to do that. I wish I had the skills yeah. to do that. I wish I had the confidence and the courage to do that. I can see that yeah. now. So thank you for that gift. You are amazing. And you know what? There is something that came up powerfully for me right now. When you are able to see that, especially when it's a close relationship, when you are able to communicate that to the person, you also gave them a powerful gift. So if you are able to see, you know, those moments where we have a talk and you usually do your thing here and I just lose my mind. I just found out this is really because I admire that trait in you and I just own that capacity within myself. So I just want to thank you for displaying that for me. And I've seen my own, I've seen my own wife just like sometimes burst in tears, mm. right? Just because of the recognition. Like I was so triggered by this. I was so triggered, like almost losing my mind. And I'm so thank you that you were able to stand in your power because now I'm able to see that it reminds me that it's also available within me. Yeah, I, I got really emotional then. And, and yeah. the, the reason I got really emotional was for me and for the world at large, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, this is what's going on for me right now is in the middle of that conflict, when you're across the table or the couch or the bed or whatever it is, and you feel so much animosity towards this person because of the way they're behaving, you're showing me that that at the root of that animosity is is deep, deep, deep love and respect. Now, not all the time. There are times when we're in an abusive relationship and that's not happening. But in my relationship right now, the animosity I feel comes from love and deep respect for that person. And what a fucking crying shame if you aren't able to turn that round and, and let them know that that's what's happening and to fix that. How many broken relationships and divorces have people had yeah. when they really, really loved and respected somebody, they just didn't have the skills to be able to figure it out because they yeah. didn't work with someone like yourself. And they, they, they actually go to the divorce graveyard actually thinking, um, yeah, this person is a, is a horrible person, but really and truly, you respect them so much, you just don't even know. Absolutely. And it's like giving the, giving the recognition and giving the credit to the other person after we find out, because usually in the middle of the trigger, you know, you would need to be an, an enlightened being to just like, you know, <laughs> to process it like in a second. And of course, how you do it, you do it, you, as you practice it, you get better at it. Mm -hmm. But coming back and really after you saw it and be able to say, okay, you know, that thing, this is really what was going on. And I need to, Re, uh, to thank you for this. I need to, you know, because every time there is always something that I, I, I tell people I work with, there is a power archetype associated to the victim archetype. And that power archetype is a light warrior, is the warrior archetype. And that archetype is the part of you that is willing to stand in equanimity, you know, to understand that all your power has always been yours. Like you are not, or you have never been the victim of anyone, you know, and that warrior is not an aggressive one. It is a part of you that is assertive and that trust, you know, when you have deep trust for your power, you don't need to demonstrate violence. You don't, there is no need for that. There is just assertiveness. There is mastery, emotional mastery. So that warrior is the one that really harness the power of your heart and when you are working with triggers this is what you're doing you are literally expanding your heart you are expanding your emotional capacity and the more you expand your emotional capacity the more you activate that archetype that warrior archetype that is capable to stand in the midst of 
chaos because triggers often look like chaos. You are able to stand in the midst of chaos and make the a higher informed choice of consciousness, meaning I see what is going on here, but I still choose to honor myself and to show up with love. You know, this is really the goal of navigating through the victim consciousness and to claim the power of the warrior through that. Mm. This is really important, folks, because if you think about it, we're a community of people who are trying to remove alcohol from our lives. The thing that stops us from doing that is our desire to drink. And our desire to drink comes from our triggers. And our triggers are not related to alcohol. We're not triggered because we miss the taste of cider. We're not triggered because of, we're triggered because there's something in our life that is out of alignment of the way that we really want to live our life. And a lot of us don't even know anymore who we are. We have no idea who we are, but we're starting because we've started to do this work and join Strife and join Thrive that the kid that you're left behind when you turn into a teenager who just wanted to adapt to this world and fit in, that, that little kid wants to kind of emerge. Like I give an example in my, my first life before I, when I uh, was drinking and I was married and lived in the UK, everyone knew me as Ching because I'm half Chinese. Everyone knew me as Ching, right? I've now opened up a Facebook page and I'm starting to talk to old friends. And as I'm going yeah. to say goodbye to them, I'm, I'm nearly writing Ching because that's who they know me as. Yeah. But I'm not Ching. Ching was a shamed-based personality type that emerged out of the fact that I sold my soul to the devil when I was a kid to fit in. I'm Lee Davy, yeah. and I'm now discovering that and what that means. And it's messy, like you said, you know? Absolutely. It's messy. And I love that. Mm. And I love that. And I, and I have to say for men, you know, we have that. Because we've been desensitized, when we grow up, we, we have that perspective, kill the boy and the man will appear. And that is the most, like, for me, the most, at the, at the moment, disgusting thing you can ever tell to a young boy. Yeah. It's not about killing the boy. It is about healing the boy. Heal the boy and the man will appear. Mm. The balanced man will appear. The man in power will appear. Because we go through this phase where the boy has been severed from his emotions. You cannot feel. You have to be strong. You cannot cry. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. And then has a need to belong. We cut it. You know, we just cut it. And that is the pain that many men are carrying right now. Like I spent 12 years of my life. I didn't understand what was going on with my body. I thought there was something wrong with me. Because I was just so sensitive. You know, I thought there was something wrong with me. Everybody was telling me how I was too soft. At school, I was getting bullied because of this. So we go through so many years being desensitized. It's as if you are having attacks on your heart all the time, all the time until you surrender and you close the door. And now when it's time to adult, you're like, okay, now I need to finish you, to kill you so that I can become a man. And then you become that man, you know, that needs to. And this is, in my opinion, this is why industries like porn, video games are blooming just with men because we are desensitized. And every time the kids want to show up, he rebels. It throws tantrums. You repress a kid, it's going to throw tantrums. Mm. And we have that inner boy inside that is just throwing tantrums all the time. And in order to shut it down, we need to make the, the noise of the mind even louder. We know we need to make that noise even louder. We need to consume substances. We need to, we, we dive into addictions because if you repress emotions, just look at it as a pressure cooker. If you repress emotions, because the heart is an engine that never stops, the pressure will need to be released some way, somehow. And sometimes it's very explosive. And that's how we let the pressure off. So. It is so extremely important for men right now to be in places where they are not going to be judged so that they can safely be- begin to explore what feeling their emotions look like look like for them. Mm. You know, it is so critical for men right now. Okay. This has come up on the Strive Community Forum a number of times. And I'm interested in your perspective of it, right? Is when men have stopped drinking alcohol, so they've started to remove that from their life and to feel 
and to yeah. and this is like we call it white space this white space emerges away from the fog and then we start panicking how do we fill this white space like what what am i going to do like i've got this job and, I, and, I, and maybe i should be saving the world and all this kind of thing but then you have social media as well and you're a part of strive or in your group thrive and you're being kind of exposed to a different way of thinking a different philosophy your views on life on everything about life is changing and then when you yeah. look at your social media feed it's still stuck with the old you with people yeah. commenting about the same shit but now you see it and now it bothers yeah. you and then you go to the canteen and somebody's talking about the pandemic or black lives matter in a very different way than you uh, like relate to but they always yeah. used to do that and you never used to think about it you might even have joined in yeah how do you now deal with that like so i i got people men in my community going i just ignore it i just keep silent i just stay out the way and i'm not quite sure that it seems like a form of suppression um but equally we don't want to just spew over people so what's your thoughts on that yeah well um when it comes to it depends it depends on what your intention is really from my experience changing the minds of people is the hardest thing ever especially when they are not ready and try to change their mind is so extremely complicated when they are not ready at all so personally what i do is i only share my perspective about a topic outside of social media when somebody asks when somebody comes to me somebody is like what do you think about it and i will always tell them here is what i see things and as we engage in this conversation i invite you to be very open to agree to disagree you know i'm not here to change your mind i just want to exchange you ask and i'm going to share with you what is present within me when i go on social media though it's a different game the intention when i show up on social media is to be authentic to myself and i am sharing a perspective so that another person can look at it and be like oh i like this you know so there is a conversation that is different here it's like i've i've put it out there so that if it helps somebody great if it doesn't help you scroll down move to the next uh social media account so for men especially we have that tendency to and it's also part of the the warrior archetype we want to leave the world a better place then we found it when we wake up mm. you know this is part of the 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 warrior archetype so much i am leaving the world a better place than i found it you know men have that it's just like instinct we carry that energy and when we are not awake yet that energy is imbalanced we repress people we bully a little bit but when we become awake it needs to become assertiveness when we when you push something on somebody else you are not assertive you are borderline oppressive you know but when somebody comes to you and asks okay what is your perspective about it and you share and at this moment where you share you still hold the boundary you you are able to hold your boundaries this is how this conversation is going to go with respect for myself and also with respect to you this is it you know and it is owning your voice owning your truth right now is the most is the highest form of spiritual activism and i would say for men that are beginning to wake up and that are beginning to see all those things respecting people where they are is the hardest part of the work it, it is so hard mm. to respect people where they are and not to feel the need to go out and change their minds but every time somebody comes and asks my honest opinion i'm going to give it to them and i'm going to tell them let's also agree to disagree if we cannot find a common ground that's it how do we deal with differences like this come up on a call that i had just before you actually was you know when you know when we often say to our partners or people i think we're just going to have to disagree or agree on this it always kind of for me anyway it kind of ends like a little bit kind of off like if yeah. you got any tips for men about how to disagree like yeah. is it impossible are you willing to respect their journey this is usually the um the question that i ask myself because one thing that is true is if you had been through the conditioning that this person had been through 
and also what it means for them to agree with you. Because sometimes what it means for them to agree with you is huge. Like, let's talk about something like drinking. For so many people, drinking is related to religion. For so many people, drinking might be related to the peer group, you know, to how things were done in their family, to how they used to connect in their family. Maybe that was the one thing that, that men used to do in order to connect. Now you are asking me that I should drop that bottle, you crazy man. <laughs> you know, you are asking me to betray my lineage of men. I can't do that. That's just an example. And when you are willing to get genuinely curious on the journey, it's just like, I get how you would be stuck on thinking this way. I get that. I respect that. You know, and for me, it works wonders when you are able to time to, to get curious and to also understand that most likely because of their conditioning, letting go of this opinion that they have right here means a lot more to them that I can see. And I'm OK to let that go. Mm. You know, it's like this is how I see that because the conditioning is so strong and so powerful for so many people. And sometimes letting go of an opinion means a lot more that we can see and understand from our perspective. Sometimes for them, it means betraying the family, betraying their tradition, betraying a mentor, you know, that actually gave them that opinion. So uh, with that in mind, I find it easier for myself to just let go and to move on. And we've all also been in conversations with people who are more enlightened than us, who have a difference of opinion than us, who yeah. just meet your, who, meet, who produce their object, not objections even, they, they, they meet your spew with, yeah. with grace. So you, you can yeah. go, oh, I can learn from this guy. How, do you, how did he just do that? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And one thing that worked a lot for me in, the com in my community is just, I see you. Mm. Like, I see how you can think that way. I see how it could be hard for you to let go of that. And that's okay for now. You know, that's it. I see you. You know, I hear you. And usually when you are willing to give people recognition, it's just, oh, I see how you could, you don't need to agree. It's just like you recognize them. I see how you could think that way. I see how you come about, you know, disbelief. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, you can agree on, at least you can agree on the journey without invalidating their journey. And when you are willing to give them that, sometimes that's all they need. That's all they need. And sometimes it even opens the door. Maybe two months from now, they're going to be like, you know, the one thing that you told me, I've been thinking about that for like six weeks. It wouldn't leave my mind. Can you tell me more? I've had that so many times with guys, so many times when I would tell them, okay, the trigger that you felt was most likely because of it and they lost it. Yeah. You're like, what do what like what are you talking about? That blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, okay, brother, I see you. Maybe think about it for a moment. And when we have another conversation, you can ask me when you are calmer about it, please ask me more and I will explain. I'm not here to attack you. For many, it's sometimes so crucial that they hear. I don't mean to attack you, I don't mean to disrespect you, I don't mean to make you look bad. And when they hear that they breathe, they're like, okay. This guy is not here to give me shit and they can calm down. And after a few weeks, it's just like, yeah, it runs in their head. Then at some point, boom, it clicks. So it's just like being willing to see them where they are. It is so powerful. Well, Xavier, I see you. I hear you. Um, I've learned so much from this call. I'm sure other people have. Uh, folks, head over to www.1000daysober.com to the podcast page. You'll find Xavier's, you'll find all his uh, links to all his work and his social media and stuff. You'll have show notes. There will be a special workbook that will create to deepen your knowledge and what we spoke about and work with this guy. Work with this guy. I am going to book a call with this guy. I'm going to do some work with him. Work with this guy. This guy knows what he's talking about. Xavier's been really beautiful. Anything you want to say before I let you go? I appreciate you so much, Lee, for just like um, inviting me here and for all your audience, male as female, especially this goes out, especially to the guys. And I just want to tell them to hang in there. You know, it's like that warrior energy that we all have within. You can tap into it at every single moment. And it is safe for you right now to learn how to navigate your emotions. It is not only safe, it is necessary. This is how we lead into the next 
step of evolution for humanity. This is how you lead. So dive into it. Beautiful. Thank you, Xavier. And you take care of yourself. Thank you so much, brother.